Hi everybody, welcome to a new episode of Two Drunk Fans. Where to begin with this dumpster fire of a week? I guess we'll start with what are you drinking? Oh my god, it's been such a dumpster fire. Um, I am drinking Pog with a tiny little bit of tequila. Mm. It's kind of like a tropical margarita, that which sounds... I guess margaritas by nature are tropical. That sounds really fantastic. I would love to be somewhere tropical right now. Right? Let's go. Let's go. Let's just run away together. Uh, okay, Not in that way. Okay, Dad. Like, uh, like the hangover. Oh, buddy. We buddy could go to trip. Thailand. Road trip. Okay. Uh, or Vegas. I'll take hey, you to... We've been talking about Vegas almost every week. I'm already going to Vegas next year. Let's go to Korea. Wait, why are you going to Vegas next year? It's none of your business. Let's go to Seoul. Why was I not invited? You wouldn't want to go. Let's go to Seoul. Uh, okay. Yeah. We can we can eat like crazy in Seoul and drink and do karaoke. Dude, I love Vegas too, so just FYI. Alright. I am drinking seltzer water. I had a lot of sugar today because I was like, you know what? Our world's a fucking horrible mess and I deserve cookies, so I made some damn cookies and I... You made damn cookies? Damn cookies. What are damn cookies? They're cookies for people who are damned, like me. Oh, cookies of the damned? <laughs> that would be a fun um, Sesame Street skit. Oh my god, I would love it. Cookies of the damned. It would be like... Exactly. It would be like zombies. It would be a Rob Zombie meets Sesame Street. Now that everyone has heard my incredible Cookie Monster impression, by the way... <laughs> good right it was extremely it's very good. good it's very good Gabby. okay <laughs> it's kind of fun when i'm in a bad mood because then you're in like a really want to cheer me up mood and it works you know me i like to cover up emotions with humor it's a coping mechanism <laughs> oh i'm very well aware i'm very well aware uh like, i believe that that's a pretty strong uh part of our friendship yeah the, i laughed so much when the boston breakers folded like not because it was genuinely funny but because that's my like regular emotional response to horrifying like just horrifying things yeah let's just jump right into NWSL on that note because there were seven games we got to zoom through them and there's a lot of shit for us to emotionally process we oh are God. okay we are both queer women we love emotional processing we got to get to <sighs> it because that's the treat right that's the real to treat. to a detriment yes yeah. yes we right. we thrive on processing i need you to be emotions. present and i need you to analyze with intention <laughs> Oh my god, I'm getting heartburn just you saying those things. <laughs> but I agree. Okay. I wholeheartedly agree. Alright, first up, North Carolina Courage 2, Washington Spirit 0. You and I predicted this was going to be a blowout. But the Courage kind of took it easy, actually. They they looked a little bit like they were, like, we know where we are, we know who we're playing. We're not going to, like, go 100 miles per hour for this game. We're just going to go 80 miles per hour. Part of me is wondering if they're not angry anymore. You can't like, play angry a whole season. They've been playing most of the season. Like they have a chip on their shoulder, uh -huh. and I'm wondering, like now that they've secured playoffs, 
now that they are basically a shoo-in, like, they're one win away from getting the shield. Yeah. It's like, oh, do are are they taking the foot off the pedal? Why, why not? Like, rest, you're guaranteed a playoff spot, so why not do your best to minimize risk of injury, rotate your roster a little bit, get some of your kids playing experience. I think that's smart. And, you know, anger can't last forever. It burns bright and hot, but it burns very fast. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah. For the most part. All right. So next game, I told you we're going to zoom right through this. Just pow, pow, pow. Do it. Name your sex tape. Uh, Houston Dash 3, Orlando Pride 1. That was shocking. A little bit. I mean, when you think about it, Orlando has been kind of up and down this season. You just don't know when good Orlando or bad Orlando is going to show up. You called this 0-0. I called this 2-1. So it wasn't that surprising to me. Well, fine then. But you also have a magical cheating machine that's helping my you brain. your score predictions this year. It's my brain and my little duct-tig notebook where I take my little notes. My obsessive that little... I should probably take more notes. Mm-hmm. But... You know what? I like flying by the seat of my pants and believing in my gut, which is not working out for me too well. <laughs> I'm right definitely imagining you and you, you've seen High Fidelity, right? I have seen High Fidelity. You know that scene where John Cusack is like, I've come to the conclusion that my guts have shit for brains? Yeah. You feeling that a little bit? Yeah, I'm right. feeling that a little All bit. Right. I think I think John Cusack was pretty spot on with that yeah. one. I, I am a little bit miffed that Rachel Daly didn't get her hat trick for this Houston game against Orlando. But, uh, you know, it was still a convincing win. So Houston, the kind of surprise team of the season, I think. Right? Like, making a run for it at the end. I mean, I do want everyone to remember they on their coaching staff, employ, like, a virulent Islamophobe? Well, yes. We're not allowed to have nice things in life. So, yes, everything is tainted by somebody who is horrible. I I mean, some teams don't employ virulent Islamophobes, I'm pretty sure, so... Oh, I really hope that this is an anomaly, not the rule. I really hope there isn't a quota for for employing anybody who would identify with anything that says phobe at the end of it. Yeah. Um, Unless, you know, there's such a thing as, like, a Nazi phobe. I think that's called Antifa. Yeah, but, yeah. Okay. That was your political discussion for the week. That, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Seattle Rain 1, Utah Royals 0. You and I thought there would be a lot more goals in this game. You called a 2-2 tie. I yeah. called... I mean, I said that Seattle would win anyway because, you know, my brain. You're right on things. Yes, thank you. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was odd. It was odd. Seattle, if North Carolina is taking their foot off the gas this late in the season intentionally, Seattle is kind of like trying to work the pedal and not quite getting it right, I think. Maybe. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I would agree with all of that. Okay. Okay. Just zooming along here. Sky Bluff C0, North Carolina Courage 4. You and I definitely saw this one coming, but so did everybody else. So we're not special. Yeah. (laughs) You even said, though, that Sky Blue was going to get one. You called this 3-1 for North Carolina. I did think Sky Blue was going to get one because I was really hoping that they would be able to score at home. Damn it. We'll do that to Sky Blue in a minute because their problems are myriad and they have problems at home they've got problems on problems on problems 
They are the keeper of the problems oh. right now. All right, next game, Utah Royals 1, Orlando Pride 2. You and I like both this. guessed the inverse of this. We said Utah 2, Orlando 1. So maybe this... It's just this upside-down world for Orlando. Like, how are they doing this? I think part of it in this game is that Utah's underperforming a little bit right now. And Houston is overperforming right now. I think Houston fans might take offense or or they would object to me calling it overperforming, but I think it is a little bit over. I'm not saying it's a lot or like, wow, the, how are you scoring doing any of this? But it is a little bit overperforming. And Utah, but... you know what? I feel like I saw this because A-Rod, this is, this is what A-Rod does. She comes back and you're so excited and she has so much potential. And then she's not, you know, clinical or efficient in front of goal and she... And she doesn't have, like, the midfield support that she's used to from years past. And, yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, it's a situation that makes makes you feel like you're doing drugs and not the good kind. What's what's the good kind? Uh, the good kind is to make you, the, the kind of drugs that make you feel good. Mm-hmm. It's legal there now, not, baby. Not the kind that make you feel really confused and, like, you're not going to know what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago, Seattle. So this was Chicago one, Seattle rain zero. I mean, things are, this is what I was talking about with Seattle, like working the pedal with their foot and, you know, Chicago, the end of the season, this is where, where the truth kind of comes out about a lot of teams when they make that final push for the playoffs. Uh, this was a great goal though. And yeah, Sam Kerr was clinical, but I thought the setup by Yuki Nagasato was fantastic. And it's yes it, it's gorgeous honestly so in this same week of nwsl lynn williams scored a hat trick right but uh-huh. honestly i mean look at their opponent whenever i have to do my voting for the nwsl media association for player of the week yes i look at scoring but who are you scoring against and with apologies to sky blue fc the difficulty level of a hat trick against them versus the difficulty level of the precision header that Nagasato used to set up Sam Kerr, they're not exactly equivalent, but in my mind, they're pretty close. I don't. Are like you to... are you trying to to justify the way you voted this week? I'm not telling you the way I voted. <laughs> okay. As I recall, though, Nagasato was not my number one vote for the week because yes, oh, it, okay. it, it was it was just quote unquote an assist, but it was a it was a great one, and the difficulty factor in it did does come into play here. Once again, this is not to disparage the effort that Lou Williams put in, because whether it's against Sky Blue FC or it's against, you know, Portland or whatever, it it does take composure to finish in front of the goal no matter what. But yeah, at the same time, you know, I'm making a gesturing motion here, like poor Sky Blue. Anyway, yeah. last, last game, I know you're going to have something to say about this. Portland Thorns 3, Houston Dash 1, and I know it sticks in your craw that I predicted it exactly. 3-1. It does stick in my craw. What did I predict? 2-1? 3-0. 3-0! Damn it! Houston. Yeah. Uh, um, It was gorgeous. It was fun. I, uh, I... The last couple of home games for the Thorns have kind of reminded me of last season. They've, mm-hmm. they've had this like hint, this tinge of nostalgia of how much fun it was to watch them last year. And 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, unfortunately, I think it's a little late in the season, and teams can only earn three points per match maximum. So there's a lot of room to catch up still. And uh, yeah, it was it was a nice little nostalgia, but also makes me a little bit sad. But still excited, like maybe Seattle can crash and burn, or maybe <laughs> Orlando just keeps being wishy washy. But yeah. It, it was, it, it felt nice. All right. So top four right now, North Carolina Courage, Seattle Rain, Orlando Pride, Chicago Red Stars. But the difference in points between Chicago and Portland is 28 and 26. Mm-hmm. Right. And also Orlando Pride sitting on 28, Seattle Rain on 29. So Portland Thorns are one game back from second place, which must be nerve wracking for the person in second place. I'm sure it is. Hopefully. We've got like seven weeks left, I want to say, now in this season as of this recording. Um, I think I know that because I had to count off the weeks left in this season to see how long Sky Blue had to implement any changes for the betterment of the team. So what's going on in Sky Blue? I think we all know by now. So Equalizer put out a great article, and then I was working concurrently on a, on my own article for Once a Metro, who let me graciously do a, a guest post for them. Um, and we both talked to several different sources. Uh, I don't know who their sources are, but um, the people who went on the record, um, they don't necessarily all overlap. It's just a, a shit show. I think we all knew to a certain extent that Sky Blue was not keeping up with the standards of the league, but we didn't know it was that bad. And it was because the players didn't feel safe in speaking up. They didn't feel like they could speak to anyone. The people who I interviewed said they didn't feel comfortable in the past seasons. They didn't think uh, senior leadership on the team, including their coach at the time, Christy Holly, would stand up for them. Yeah. You know, and then it's Caroline Stanley, who is a fucking champ, by the way, for being like, I don't care, put my name on it. Someone has to speak out for these girls. So, you know, four for you, Caroline. You go, Caroline. Was right. like an older player when she was playing with the team, so this was 2016, told her, like, just be happy with what you have or we could lose everything. So maybe not necessarily a threat, but definitely, like, stop complaining. Count and, count, count your blessings. And you're young. At least, at least you get to pursue women's soccer. Exactly. Right? Like, all, all, of those, all of those warnings just, they're dated. It's not where we are anymore. And Sky Blue needs to catch the fuck up. Um, can you imagine how disheartening that must be? You're one or two years out of college. There's an older player, so maybe even someone that you looked up to, if you know, you're know you a soccer player, you probably were following the league, and the league had been going on for a couple years at that point, so this was an older player, and then they tell you that, and it's like, and she said, yeah, so I just shut down after that, I little wonder why. I, I, and I'm really disappointed in Sky Blue's response to the whole thing. Governor Phil Murphy, the you know, primary owner of the team finally put out a statement, but it said nothing. It basically mm -hmm. was like, yeah, I'm aware of what's going on. I think it's a damn shame. And I've, you know, given them instructions to hold people accountable, but like hold who accountable? The article I wrote pointed a very specific finger at a very specific person, the general manager, Tony Novo. His name came up over and over and over again. The buck, I think, kind of stops with him, general manager. What is the team going to do about him? What do you think the team should do about him? I think he has to step down. It's not his main job either. As what is his main job? As far as I, as far as I know, based on the interviews that I did, Sky Blue is like his other job. He has a 
an actual job. Another God job. Damn it. That's a huge problem. GM is a full time job, and that's the only thing that he should be doing. Yeah, he's a GM. No wonder there's a uh, RV there for um, showering. Do you know what my theory is with that RV? So based on their MO, right? Sky Blue, the front office, GM or whoever, they like to call in favors with people they know or ask around in order to save money. So they'll be like, hey, can we use your beach house for half the season? And then the team, the players will move out whenever you come back in May or whatever. I My theory is that RV looked pretty busted. So I think they just called around and said, does anybody have an RV we can borrow for about seven weeks? ridiculous brought it over and parked it that's just my theory but honestly you know that's what it looks like like i can't wait for the league to have some some sort of semblance of standards i can't wait for the league to have a commissioner who is going to be able to give a rat's ass about this sort of thing um i can't wait for this is the type of thing that just makes NWSL Bush League and you sit there and you go, wow, how are we ever going to get off of ESPN News? Like, how how the hell does this league have Marta and Christine Sinclair and Sam Kerr in it? You know what really burns my britches, too? Is that... What? All the local New Jersey outlets pick this up. You know, probably because Phil Murphy's name was in it. But it's like, where the fuck have you been for the past six years? Well, and nobody likes to cover women's sports until something bad happens, yeah, that's... right? Like, no, nobody nobody wrote about women's soccer until Abby got DUI. They just want this, like, juicy, gossipy shit, um, and they don't want to even, like, put in a score column for each weekend. Just, yeah. you know, hey, Sky Blue won or lost. I mean, I can kind of understand not wanting to put in a score column this season, but... You know, at least back when they had Sam Kerr. Back when you had Sam fucking Kerr, you couldn't be You had bothered. Sam Kerr the year that she got snubbed for the balloon du jour. That's... Okay. And <laughs> you're gonna have a fun time in France next summer, buddy. <laughs> Should I start uh, doing one of those language apps? You need to start now, bro. All right. Just all right, that all Duolingo right. every day. Get those points. All right. I'll try. I'll try. And now you have Carly Lloyd, who... Isn't admittedly not on a prime, but that's a big time name, and she's a local. You would think the interest would be there. Don't you tell Carly Lloyd she's not in her prime. <laughs> so I also wrote an article this week about how maybe they shouldn't, there shouldn't be space for Carly Lloyd in the 2019 World Cup roster. It's actually <gasps> I haven't gotten a ton of blowback for it that I've seen, but like between writing about Hinkle and Carly Lloyd in the same week, I was like. Mm, isn't that great? Like infuriating two separate like subsets of women's soccer fandom at the same time. I wonder what the overlap is like on those two. For for someone who has like the emotional fortitude of a spoon, <laughs> that was quite risky for me. <laughs> <laughs> what what I also love is that the tournaments of nation or nation of tournament or tournament of whatever is going to be in your neck of the woods and you're going to try to get credentialed. I'm already credentialed. Okay, well you're going to try to go into the stadiums. 
And I'm gonna the, ask, play, the, the players are waiting. I'm gonna ask Jalalis some questions to directly, you know, one on one that I think needs to be asked. We'll get to that in a second. Because you're having a one on one interview with Jill Ellis. No, no, there's gonna be a media scrum probably at each game, and I'm gonna talk to her about. You get stuff. a private interview with Jill Ellis. No, after I don't. Training? I'm not. I'm probably not allowed anywhere within Jill Ellis. Jill Ellis's radius, like one on one. She has an orbit, and you are not allowed in. Yeah, personal her bubble. A little bubble. Yeah. Tournament of Nations roster. So Jalalis calls him 25. She's going to cut it down to 23 because why not? She got to screw over all the NWSL teams this weekend by calling everyone before the FIFA window really starts. Um, What is that bullshit? It's because U.S. soccer, they're like, NWSL, you're basically ours. We can do whatever we want with you. Complain about it. I wish wish that that shopping for new, new... federation or new governing body or something like that were legit that new the new league the usl integration yeah or something like maybe it's former players all pool their you know lunch money together and make it happen Mm. so you must be pleased adriana french got called in i am except you know we need points in new jersey Mm. It's against New Jersey, so at least if she had to be gone for a game, it was against Sky Blue. Sorry, Sky Blue. And a Sky True. Blue that's not going to have Carly Lloyd. True. I um I do want to remind you, though, of how pissed you would get when I would say stuff like that about the Boston Breakers. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> I blocked yeah, out a lot. get really pissed about that. Speaking of the Boston Breakers, uh, Abby Smith was not called in, but I don't know how much of that is... She's kind of been unsteady this season, you know, a couple uh-huh. of, of snafus here and there, or it's because she picked up a concussion in her last game. It's hopefully because of the concussion, because if Ashlyn Harris is called in, Abby Smith should be called in. That's true. They've both made comparable errors this season, I God. think. Uh, Ashlyn Harris has been laughable. I mean, even Alyssa Nair has made some comparable errors. Like, she and Abby Smith both are having some errors in judgment coming off their line. So, out of all of them, actually, Adriana French has had the best season so far. Consistently the best season. And last year was the goalkeeper MVP. Uh, In terms of defenders, you must be pleased because Sonnet's back as well. I am, except, again, we need points in fucking New Jersey. (laughs) That's right. You guys are out. French, Sonnet... Lindsay Horan, Tobin Heath. Tobin Heath. Yeah. So those are a bunch of key players. We'll see how you guys adjust. I mean, and see. Hey, you know what? They didn't take Megan Klingenberg, so. Mm. Even though they could kind of use her, like with so many fullbacks injured, that must sting, right? All these fullbacks injured and Kling's like, I still can't get a call up. Damn, Jill. All these fullbacks injured and Kling is still trying. Mm. Think about it. You guys are facing Sky Blue, but. North Carolina's playing Utah. So oh, and North Carolina's out. Hey, did Jess McDonald get a call up? No. That's odd, right? It's not that odd. She hasn't been in for a while. I, I oh, think okay. Jill maybe kind of sees her as re- a little bit redundant. Although, once again, I think I still edge McDonald over Lynn Williams in terms of forward. But Lynn's younger. But yeah, NC is out. Abby Dahlkemper, Jalene Hinkle, Merritt Mathias, uh, Sam Mewis, and McCall Zerboni. And then Crystal Dunn as well. So that's a lot. And I think they're losing uh, uh, Kawamura because uh-huh. 
internationals well actually i think internationals might still be staying with some of their teams yeah i think internationals are staying the weekend which is why it's more bs yeah i i'm a little bit worried about morgan bryan and rose lavelle being here i mean i like that they're in camp but once again morgan bryan i'm less worried about she's getting more regular time with the red stars and i think she's kind of starting to rev up towards the morgan bryan we remember from 2015 i hope so and then Rose it's been long enough. Yeah, Rose Lavelle, her last spirit game, she looked so much better. If you compare it to like her first game back after injury to this one, like her touch, her movement, and her running, it was so much more crisp, which you would expect, right, after this length of, of rehab and coming back. So uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, 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 but let's just all cross our fingers and our toes that mm-hmm. Joel Ellis doesn't fuck over, you know, some teams by injuring players during the Tournament of Nations. So after this, there's two friendlies against Chile, but I think Tournament of Nations is what's going to cement Jill Ellis's qualifying roster. What do you think? I hope so. Yeah? I Well, I mean, so we saw, was it going into the World Cup, the how wishy-washy, the last World Cup, how wishy-washy if you make the players really wait until qualifying to know who's going to be on it. Um, how that messes with their like psyche. Mm-hmm. So I hope, I hope, you know, players leave this tournament with a fair sense of, okay, I'm in. Just to kind of wrap things up. How do you think we're going to fare in tournament of nations? I mean, Australia, obviously raring to go as usual. They, um, I think they put out an article on their website about how they they want to be top three like solidly top three nation in the world which is looking like an achievable goal but you know we've also got japan and brazil in there i think brazil is continues to be overrated um primarily because they're not uh they're not around the game in their own country they're not developing they're not um you know australia Australia is this perfect example of somebody had a plan and then executed it and developed the pipeline, the youth system, and now they're reaping the benefits. Psalm Termani. Yeah. So I see Australia showing up and really making it their own tournament. And to be totally honest, I see them going to France and and owning it. Wouldn't that be hilarious if Tournament of Nations became Australia's tournament? I, I mean... And they're like, look, it's 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 bothersome for people to travel to Australia, so United States, you just host this thing every year and we'll come and win it. Thanks. It's it's like uh, our version of Algarve. Aww. We invite a bunch of other countries to come run roughshod all over us. Yeah, basically. Kinky. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Portugal. And then, Tournament of Nations roster, I think that's a good lead-in to kind of our heaviest subject of the night, and the one that maybe you and I need to process the most, which is Jalen Hinkle is back in the national team setup. Yeah, that sound. That sound exactly. It's just a bad move. It's a bad decision. It's a decision that proves that U.S. soccer, it does not care about optics. You know, they care about optics when it's when it's Hope Solo crossing a line. Mm-hmm. They care about optics when it's, um, Megan you know. Megan Rapinoe kneeling. Yeah, Megan Rapinoe kneeling. They care about optics when it is front page of New York Times. Mm-hmm. But when it's the optics of 
you know, the this marginalized group of people, which is, and and here's here's the part where I really struggle. Um, I struggle with how much of the fan base is actually impacted by this. Impact. How much of the fan base is LGBTQ AI? Is it AI or IA? LGBTQIA, I think, is how I've seen it written out most commonly. LGBTQIA. But it's it's one of those things that's soapbox time. I've been boycotting U.S. soccer for like two years. Mm -hmm. I don't watch the matches when they're on TV. I don't watch the live stream when they're streaming. If I need to, I'll go back and rewatch or I'll watch the highlights and things like that. But I'm not actively participating i'm not buying their merchandise anymore i try not to give money to them the only time i broke that rule was when i was in la the same time they were and all my friends were at the match so i went to say hi to my friends Mm -hmm. if the community is as upset as they the vocal people are there needs to be an official like boycott there needs to be more outspokenness about how this incident is this player this player's position is impacting people and it needs to be on par with the people who complained about Megan Rapino kneeling I expressed oh, most of what I wanted to say in the article I wrote for Stars and Stripes um, but what has really really upset me because you know what you and I we've been dealing with people like Jalen Hinkle our whole lives and I don't know about you, for myself, I've learned ways to cope with it. People like her have existed before, and they'll exist after this this whole problem. But I think what has really drained so much of my energy is people who I thought were the kind of allies who would at least listen to what we're trying to tell them, instead coming out and saying, you know, why are you judging her you're making assumptions about her like i know who she is she's a good person you know she doesn't you know she actually does love everybody and i'm like she explicitly went on a national television show to tell everybody like millions of people why she thinks it's morally wrong to wear a symbol that supports the lgbtq community Mm -hmm. that's factually what happened she said, I couldn't uh-huh. wear that because God didn't want me to, and God doesn't want you to do things that are morally wrong, right? Uh-huh. I don't understand how these people are like not bridging the disconnect here when we're saying that kind of stuff. First of all, that message hurt me individually, and then it does broader damage on a community level. It emboldens people who have the same mindset, and I don't know how they're not drawing the link and why they're not willing to listen when we say, I'm telling you directly that this hurt me, a person. Like, it hurt me, not just my feelings, but it hurt, you know, my place in society. It hurt my community. It does actual harm. The rates of suicide in the queer community are so much higher than in the general population. Like, there are tangible harms that are resulting from the spread of this ideology. Like, why aren't you listening to us? Why are you all so eager to jump in and defend her and say, it's just her beliefs, it's just her beliefs. When someone tells you that they were hurt, you shouldn't go, well, the person who hurt you actually didn't do that. They're actually a nice person, and they were nice to me, so why don't you tolerate them? 
Yeah. I mean, we, it's very simple for us to do exactly that for things like physical violence or things like racism, but we are struggling to do that with homophobia and it's beyond me. I think it's kind of the religion aspect of it Mm -hmm. because, you know, our country is supposed to embrace religious freedom and people are, they want to be delicate around the topic of, of religion. And I understand why, and I appreciate it, but you can't deny that the way that she interprets her faith has led her to do something prejudiced against another group of people. You Uh just, that's just what happened. So I, I think, I don't know, I don't want to analyze the mindset of the people who are, who are defending her, except that I do know, I, I do believe part of it is, well, I know her and she was nice to me. So I don't want to have to confront that my perception of her might be wrong. And mm-hmm. then go deeper into like, well, why was it wrong? What about her beliefs was wrong? What part of me overlaps with those beliefs? What part of myself do I have to confront that, you know, might not come out looking so good if I actually think about it? Mm-hmm. What part of that am I accepting every single day? That's... When somebody I know says something and I don't interject, I don't say, hey, that's not cool i mean that's a really bogus way of doing it but Mm -hmm. you don't interject to to let them know that what they're doing is wrong that's how we get here yeah so that's been the the most draining part it's essentially gaslighting telling people Mm -hmm. like no that's not actually what's happening when it's like am i am i living in a parallel dimension here where like one set of things happens to me and one in a different set of things is what you perceive what's going on here like today i went grocery shopping after a fresh round of well actually she's a nice person and she loves everybody um and i just stood there like staring at the spice aisle trying to think like what is it gonna take for you to understand the hurt and the harm that has happened like what is it gonna take LGBTQ, like, queer people, we're already dying in handfuls in this country. And our government is already moving towards, you know, more repressive regimes, like, against everybody who's not a a straight white person. But, you know, LGBTQ people are a minority that's definitely being swept up in that. So what is it going to take? Like, we've, we're already suffering so much. And you just, and you still aren't willing to listen to us telling you about our suffering. Unfortunately, I think it takes somebody in their family being strong and living the truth. Does it, though? Because so many people will go through the cognitive dissonance of saying, well, that's my family member, so I treat them like that, but I'll still vote for Donald Trump or a Republican or a conservative or whoever that wants to make it illegal for gays to adopt. No, you're right. I, I don't know how to get it across these people and that's that's the most draining thing because i've laid it out as clearly as i can and i don't know how to say it any clearer so i think what i need is a vacation (laughs) i need a vacation Uh, again let's let's run away together let's take a road trip i don't like when you put it that way (laughs) (laughs) does it make you feel uncomfortable a little bit yeah All right, well, let's take a road trip. All right, let's take a road trip.
Let's drive from Portland, Oregon to Austra- uh, Australia. Let's drive from Portland, Oregon to Alaska. Oh, okay, Australia. So am I flying to Portland first? Nah, uh, nah. I'll go uh, if I if I come out to Boston. What's our road trip look like? Uh, Toronto. Yeah, let's road trip to somewhere in Canada. All right, let's go see Niagara. Canada is a little bit less of a shit show right now. A little bit. I mean, they have their own not- issues, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So. Let's let's end on a on a more upbeat note because that was so fucking depressing. What is upbeat in this world anymore? Oh my god, I just don't have any an answer for you. <laughs> I don't have an answer either. I really just want to have a hot dog with cheese on it and hot dogs with cheese on it are upbeat. Uh, happy dogs are upbeat. Um, yeah. What 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 would be what is your version of upbeat way to close this out? Well, we can do our score predictions, and I'm upbeat about those <laughs> because I'm beating your ass in the score predictions. I like that that's your upbeat version. Winning things Fine. makes me feel upbeat. Let's do it. Okay. Let's be super excited about Let's score do it. predictions. All right. Let me get- Are you typing it or am I typing it? I've got, I've got the little spreadsheet open because okay. I'm very eager to record, you know- uh, all of your wins. All of my wins, yes. Hey, currently <sighs> I have 82 points and Gab has 67 on the season. You're the North Carolina Courage and I'm oh, the Portland Thorns. How dare you? Take that back. <laughs> You're winning. You're winning by so much. Oh, God. I don't want to win now. You just taint well, you ruined right, it. Then. You ruined it. it. All right. So, Friday, Utah Royals hosting North Carolina Courage. Oh, boy. Well, we already talked about how North Carolina is down six players. I want to check. Utah's down two, I think. Utah's down. Uh, yeah, North Carolina's down a huge, huge bunch, but Utah's only down what? Uh, press, Sauerbrunn only, I guess. Yeah, right. In well, Sauerbrunn hasn't really. Oh, Sauerbrunn's been playing, I guess. No, she's been injured the past game or two. Right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say this is, and it's in Utah. So, uh, if anybody's playing the drinking game, altitude. <laughs> I'm gonna say Utah to North Carolina one. Oh boy. Um, Utah's the team that beat yeah. them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say two two tie. Sorry, Utah. Yeah, but you're guessing two one win. I mean, I hope you're right. Well, then vote for me. Voting in this country doesn't matter anymore. I know. I know. <sighs> if you could live in any other country in the world without being like uh if without being like an American in that country? Like if I could be a natural citizen of any other country? Sure. What country would you want that to be? Maybe Australia. I was gonna say New Zealand or like Iceland. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, these countries do have a lot of uh, socialized benefit programs. At the same time, a lot of places you go, stuff like even Sweden, you know, they have their own problems with with racism. Australia has a dark history treating the the native population, the aboriginal population. So nowhere's perfect, but there are better places right now. I would go to Greenland. Greenland? I think their total population is like 300,000 or something. Yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. about the extent of socializing that I would want. Orlando live, Pie. Live in a little shack. Aw. Eat a lot of, um, uh, fish? Fish and jelly, yeah. Fish and jelly. In mm. jelly. Yeah. 
Orlando Pride hosting Seattle Rain. Um, what do you think? This is the lifetime game. I mean, Fishlock is back for Seattle, but Rapino gone. Orlando will probably still have Marta. But Alex Megan Rapino, ESPN's Player of the Year. Will good Orlando or bad Orlando show up? Will, will what Seattle... was the last Orlando? Was good Orlando, right? But this is at home. This is Orlando at home. Um, Orlando just beat Utah away 2-1. <sighs> I think I'm going to call this another tie 1-1. Hmm. I am going to say Orlando 1, mm-hmm. Seattle 0. Ooh, okay. So Seattle's going to win 3 nothing now. Stop it. Sorry. You take away all the fun of this game. Just kidding. No, I do. <laughs> you do. You're North Carolina. Uh, Washington Spirit at home against Houston Dash. I feel bad for Washington. Yeah, they're like too. not so bad that like they're not the sky blue. They're just above sky blue, so like nobody talks about how shitty that situation is. I think Gabarro's got to go after this season. He's gotta right. Yeah. Like he can't. What conceive- the fuck is going he on? He cannot conceivably stay after the season he's had with them. Okay, so Washington Spirit at home against Houston Dash. What you got? I am gonna say Washington Spirit one, Houston Dash three. Ooh boy. Daly's still around, right? Yeah, Daly's still around. Well, then I think Daly is maybe going to get a Hattie. Ooh, the Hattie she didn't get last time. Okay. Yeah, the Hattie uh, she didn't get last time. Zero. You said 1-3. I, I accidentally put that in as my guess. Sorry, I don't mean to be <clears throat> stealing your shit. I'm going to say What zero- was it two weeks ago that we completely fucked up the scores? It was a Sky Blue game, and that's how we knew we missed the scores, because <laughs> we had it written down that Sky Blue had won. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no way there's no way that both of us thought on the same week that sky blue was gonna win with apologies right. to sky blue like so that's how we knew it was a mistake all it's right like, what no there's no way speaking of sky blue sky blue at home hosting portland thorns i'll go first okay uh, i mean this is their chance but it's still portland one two three for portland one two three one to three <laughs> one two three Yes. I I am gonna say zero sky blue mm-hmm. to five Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Christine Sinclair's still there. You just gave me like a rheumatism attack. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to make huh. you laugh. Oh my god. We have oh how many games we have Friday, July? Oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, then we then we have a week off. Then we no. have a week off. No, no really. next game. Next games are on July twenty eighth, so a week after that. Oh gosh, so yeah. Why? Four games. Why do Chicago and Sky Blue play during the the tournament nations? Oh, because uh, I think the league offered like, does anybody want to play in the FIFA window? Because we got a wonky schedule this season. So does anyone want to like make it up then? And I think those teams accepted because they thought maybe they could gain a tactical advantage scheduling wise. Of course they did. Hmm. 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 All right, so, you know, one of the things that can make a shitty situation better is commiserating with your community. If you've got any feelings, go ahead and leave them in the comments or, or add us on Twitter. We're we're here, we're queer, and we're ready to process. All the processing. You can hit us up anytime and we will process anything. Because our brains are constantly going and going and going. 
I'm going. I'm going. Our brains are the energizer bunnies of torture. This is the bad place.